Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Yeah. Well, everybody, welcome to We Say Things episode 90. 90. Sunspan as we call it in Denmark. Cinderin. How are you doing? How's life? I'm good. I'm good, Shannon. I forgot to turn on my light. I'm going to do this live, though. Doing this live, Cinderin. Continue talking. Doing what live? Okay. Shannon is leaving. Okay, he's back. He switched on. Hello, everybody. Thank you. Appreciate it. Oh, nice. You have you have lighting that you only use on when you're on camera? I only use it for We Say Things. I don't even use Damn. it for VPC. Special Cinderin. treatment for us. That's right. Woo! So we have an episode this week uh, because we always have an episode every week in case you wow, have missed it good. in the past. Exactly. So let's get started. Awesome. Uh, first and what foremost, thank you to... <laughs> hey, in case it uh, didn't register in anybody's brains i have to say it every now and then mm. uh thank you to this our in, episode in bruges tier patrons on patreon.com slash we say things we appreciate your support friends uh thank you especially to the in bruges tier which is canceling myself only to emerge later as the bane of my own existence interesting that's a deep name sam davy Suns fan, I forgot to update this freaking thing. Please let me just send you book one of Sword of Truth, Wizard's First Rule. I will eventually get to that. You don't need to send me anything, but I appreciate it. Chakar, I mean, I'm still reading freaking, it's really slow reading right now on uh, whatever that's, st- Stormlight. Chakar, Boyko, Ustavko, Mutro, Fab Daddy, The Mega Pope, Tins, T.I. in New Zealand, Zan Xavier, Suns fan Pudge Omega Lol, Nate Thicko Zero One Hamscroats wants to shout out Torn Soldier, who is a fan of the podcast. So shout out to them. Bacon, Good. no, not that bacon, the other bacon. Mind control reversing the rotation of the earth through sheer unadulterated sex drive. That's a good one. Lick and Shark TM. Then we also have freshly seasoned goat balls, as always. That reminds me of the mozzarella conversation we just had, but that was before the podcast started. Uh, the Ben Jackson and Ben Broomhead Alliance, Novi Panda, Dop, Underscore Man. To help lobby for the In Bruges podcast episode, please put Cinderin please somewhere in your name. United, we can conquer Cinderin. I want to point out this was also his name last episode, and literally zero people put that in their name, <laughs> so it really worked. It was a, a great nah, campaign, I think. It's not it true. Keep failed. reading. Keep reading, Cinderin. Pitch black, wooden aftertaste, done talk. Wait, shit, there was one. Dyslexic lawyer, anonymous, Peter, Cinderin, please, Knebling. Damn it, there was one. But he wrote it differently. That's why I didn't notice. And Ronnie Keel. Okay, you know, so one guy. One guy. It's not, That's how it's, it starts. It just feels like it's not the same without change will happen. I, I'm always grateful to read that name which is not on the list this time we hope everything is well with you sir uh it gives me an extra boost to know that change will happen cinderin but uh, not this just, week apparently. i just read chat and i realized i have one sound setting different than before am i louder now how are we doing this now live i just i f- i forgot to change it you didn't point it out when we were talking pre but i think this is good okay great be so first topic of the week is the Dota Overwatch system has officially arrived, Cinderin. Do you think it's yes. worth me reading everything in this blog post, or you just want to talk about it? I think this we your can decision. just talk about it. Or do you want to read? Let's read it. We we like some good reading. Okay, Put on your I'll best take ASMR voice. If the ASMR voice would be very creepy, so let's just read it normally. Today's I, I, update I introduces. Okay, go ahead. Today's update introduces a powerful tool 
to help the community regulate negative behavior among its ranks. Overwatch. The basics. Much like in CSGO, Overwatch for Dota 2 provides a system that allows for good standing members of the community to verify the validity of reports flagging disruptive actions within games. If a player chooses to review a case, they'll watch a replay with pre-marked sections indicating possible negative behavior by a specific player. After reviewing the replay, they can choose guilty, not guilty, or insufficient evidence for either. Eligible players will occasionally be notified below their profile pictures that they have the option to review a case. Reviewers will earn an accuracy score for their efforts, and those who falsely convict will die, uh, will receive a lower score, eventually losing the ability to participate in Overwatch at all. To gather a pool of reliable reviewers, we'll be enabling a growing number of accounts for participation over the next week or so. All right, that's it. Now you can do the rest. Okay, thank you, Cinderin. Uh, did not get one tingle, so I don't think you'd make it Perfect. as an ASM artist. It wasn't I'm for sorry. you. I did it for um, I did it for myself. I was tingling the whole time. Okay. Uh, reporting. Reports can be made directly in a match via the scoreboard. So for those that don't know, you literally cannot report people after the game unless it's just communication abuse. So you have to do it during the game. Or you can do it by selecting a player and clicking the flag on their hero portrait. Placing markers in the match will indicate to future reviewers where to look for negative behavior, and you can report the same player as many times as needed. Meaning the more reports you file that are accurate, the more evidence the reviewers will have to make a case. To accommodate the new system, players now have a distinct pool of reports for Overwatch separate from communication reports. Reporting a player for Overwatch consumes one Overwatch report regardless of how many times you report that player in the game. As before... Communication reports are still issued at the end of the game. Communication bans. As noted above, communication reports are distinct from Overwatch reports and are still issued in the post-game screen. However, instead of preventing users from typing or using voice chat during a match, communication bans will now mute deserving players by default. As a result, other players can choose for themselves whether to unmute a chat ban teammate or not. When a chat ban player uses communications during a match, they'll receive a reminder of their status in the chat window. So <laughs> so in terms of the communication stuff, th there's one negative side to this, which mm -hmm. can you guess what it is? The fact that they're pre-muted. There's a negative side to them being pre-muted? Yes. Aside from that the you, obvious that they, you can't, they can't talk or whatever. That the burden is on the other players to unmute every game if they want to. No. The real negative is if I hate somebody during my game, which is actually mm -hmm. very rare, I mute them so that I know the next time I'm playing a game that I don't like this person and they're a piece of shit. Now, right. I have no idea if that is ever a thing because it could just right. more likely is a, an Overwatch case. So that for me, I, I know it's never going to happen even though it's so small. I wish there was something to indicate whether you muted them yourself or not, but... Small thing. It's true, actually. I, I've had the same thing happen. Like, I go into my games. Like, lately after this thing got introduced, I think most of my games have one to two, maybe even three people just muted. And I've been like, do I know this player? Do I know why this player is muted? And most of the time it's just because of this, right? But there's a few... There's like maybe a handful of players that I would play with regularly that I would want to pre-mute because they're just super obnoxious. So, you're right. That's, that is very true. So, that is the first thing that I changed. So... We've seen a lot of reports on Reddit about people that can't download replays. Uh, so let's just talk about our personal experiences. I don't know if you even have any, but I'll tell you mine real quick. So for the first three days, I didn't get any Overwatch cases, which made me mm -hmm. sad because I was waiting to make a video and it seemed like everybody else got a case. Finally got one, booted it up, and it worked fine. I have basically not had issues not being able to download. I think that popped up today once where I couldn't download. I just restarted Dota and it was fine. Uh, sometimes I've when you restart Dota, one. you can do it live, and it'd be great. Sometimes when you restart Dota, the Overwatch case just disappears for whatever reason, uh, and then it just magically appears within like a few minutes. You just have to wait for it, I suppose. But it's pretty straightforward, pretty easy. Um, I think the main thing that they're going to have to add after this honeymoon phase is over, because people are just doing it for fun right now. I guarantee you within a month, this will not be fun for most people. They need to mm -hmm. add some sort of incentive, which we can talk yep. about after this, if you want. What What are your experiences think, so far with it? Uh, yeah, so I I have 
I, I thought it was going to work differently on implementation. I thought it was like an opt-in kind of thing where people could just choose to do Overwatch cases. And if you were a bad user, then you would just be filtered out. Like they've, I think in CSGO, the version we talked about on the podcast some weeks ago was that um, you're, you would be rated as a reviewer based on what everyone else does. So it's kind of like a wisdom of the crowd thing, where if the majority, the vast majority thinks it's cheating and you voted cheating, you voted correctly and vice versa. Um, I thought they were just going to do that, and you could just review case after case after case. But the fact that they just assign you one is very different. Uh, I think it's going to change, though, honestly. I think they're going to test this, and then if you are a person that reviews cases well, you will get more cases, more and more and more. And eventually, maybe you just get as many as you want. Um, yeah, I think. I think so. As too. far as the impact it's had, I haven't used it yet to report with, I think. Uh, maybe one player? No, No, I don't think so. So from that perspective, it hasn't really had an impact. And I just got my first case to review now. So that'll be fun later. Um, what do you think fine. about having to report during the game? Uh, I mean, it makes sense from like a time marker standpoint, but mm -hmm. sometimes you just forget, right? Yeah. So I guess that's just something everybody has to learn. Uh, yeah, you have to get used to it and learn it, right? Um, like my, I, I saw it, a lot of issues like people, and I got a couple like this as well. I've done a few now. Uh, my first one was really good. It was actually legit somebody just feeding down mid, essentially. So that was an easy mm -hmm. guilty. But the rest, uh, and there's obviously going to be some gray area here, are like reports for feeding. But mm -hmm. it doesn't look intentional. They could, they're probably just really bad players. It's not like they're feeding down mid. It's not super blatant. Yeah. They're just putting themselves in bad positions, which begs the question, and this has been some, there's been some feedback on Reddit about this as well, where perhaps it should show ranks, which I agree with. It should. So then you have an idea of what skill. Like if they're 0 and 12 and it's a high-level game and they're just putting themselves in a horrible position consistently, then maybe, maybe that's worth giving a guilty for. In addition, I don't think there's a downside to having ally chat on either. Uh, no. I don't it doesn't know show names. So. I think the thing with ally chat is I don't know how that gets stored in replays, right? So it's a protection measure against, uh, like, for, first of all, against abuse versus the other team where people just talk in ally chat. Uh, but the other thing is, I think, from a competitive standpoint, that there's stuff that gets said, like, all chat is for everyone, team chat is for the team only. That's the logic. So if you start, um, if you spectate a game, if you observe, you will never see team chat ever, except if you are in the game, in the team, or the coach, I think, maybe sees team chat. I think the coach sees team chat. So if their implementation of this Overwatch thing is just that you are, when you're watching this replay, you are a spectator, if that's how they've made it programmed or whatever, then they need to make a separate rule where you, as specifically as Overwatcher, can see team chat. Mm -hmm. But I don't think they should change anything else like that with access. So I, I, don't, I don't really know. There, there's a couple things that I think they can yeah. easily add as well. Like right now, I'm just making this assumption that let's say be, just because there's so many people reviewing the same replays, right? It's not like you're the one truly that at the end of the day is being uh, mm -hmm. like the lone judge or whatever. But it would be nice to get a message saying that your Overwatch case was successful or somebody's been punished. Just kind of a feels right. good. And then I also think because of a lot of false reporting with people feeding or just being angry and tilted in game, uh, there should be a negative impact for not guilty reports against the reporter. I think if you're consistently having shit-ass reports constantly just because you're the toxic one at the end of the day, uh, right. you should be punished for spamming the system, essentially. So isn't, isn't the simple solution just that if you make faulty reports, you just can't report anymore? Yeah, that that's also fine, that, but I I don't. Is that actually a thing? They talk about these. Uh, they use you up your. It's a thing for the Overwatchers, right? So if you are an Overwatcher and you're marking bad cases incorrectly, you. Oh well, yeah. It? You read this out just now, right? Yeah, I'm talking about the other side though, the actual person right. reporting it. Yeah, I think it should just be the same. If you keep reporting stuff that's not an issue, over and over again, you should just be taken out of the pool. But I don't think it should be a punishment outside of Overwatch. I think it's fine that this is like a vacuum system where this only impacts itself. The one thing I would like to maybe be uh, a thing is that there is a reward that goes outside. So like cosmetics or something for your profile or, you know, whatever it is. So that there's an incentive to be a good 
Overwatch user. But I don't, okay. I don't think, I think you should get rewarded for doing good reports, if that makes sense. Because that's like, <laughs> it's like you're almost, you're rewarding people for... Well, your, re your reward should be that it doesn't count as against, like, it doesn't use one of your reports. Because I think there's a sure. finite amount could do that. that you have, you right? Could do yeah, um, sure. I guess maybe that is enough. Once you lose them, you can't report people. I don't know. I mean, over time, people will learn as well. This is very new. So, I mean, overall, are you happy with this? I think it's, I think it's cool. It just, it really needs that extra incentive. Yeah. Like, I think for my example, like, I don't know what they would give for everybody, but if you have Dota Plus, it's super easy. Just give X amount of shards per success, per 10 that you've done or something like that. That I don't see any problem with that. Um, maybe a spin on the wheel, like you're talking about for the general public. That's... It's whatever. Like Valve shouldn't I mean, care. That's it, like two it cents. It depends what you're going for. Like if you really want people to care about this, you should make something exclusive. Then, and it doesn't even have to be super cool or a lot, but just something that you only get for doing this, so that you can't obtain it some other way. That will definitely get people interested. Like, if you want people interested in digital stuff, make it exclusive. That's what makes it cool. Is that other people can't have it or and don't have it. Having some sort. I I don't know if people care about badges necessarily or like these rank, but. The more you do, the higher you should rank. It should be like literally MMR, right? So if you're doing a good yeah. job and you're getting more cases as a result every week, you should be able to prominently show that or something. Like you you rank up to the... Like you can be a fucking herald, but an immortal case watcher, right? Why Give not? Give them an emote that's a police officer. And when the <laughs> game starts, you just put your police officer in chat and people are like, oh, oh this guy knows. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay. Easy. As long as Valve watches our podcast, they'll have enough ideas to be able to make this perfect. But overall, I'm pretty happy with this. As long as the replays work, I think I made this joke in chat that uh, or in on my stream that you know a lot of these people can't download replays. It's probably because the replays are expired, which maybe Valve are now learning themselves expire after eight days. Sadly, uh, which have fucked our channel back in the day because. Uh, yeah, you'd have to down like we have to have a system where we download the replays as they send them automatically, right? So that we can store them ourselves. It's it's a pain in the ass, uh, but I'm um, sure that's coming into play as well. I think there's one thing I would have liked in this wording wise. I think it would have been nice if the consensus was that if you're in doubt, you should not convict. I think that's what most people will do. But I think some people will be like, eh, I'm not really sure, but it looks sus, so okay. Well, right? in game, you have they have they talk about that, or at least they have it displayed. Insufficient oh, it does evidence. Show in game. There, okay. Well, there's uh, sorry, there's three options, right? There's guilty, not guilty, and then insufficient evidence, I believe, which is like the wishy-washy one. Right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, maybe that's fine enough. So now that I've kind of seen this on display, and we had like our thoughts beforehand before it came out, like what we thought was going to end up happening how what kind of effect it would have we talked about how it wouldn't affect uh smurfing at all which is probably the biggest issue in dota right now but mm -hmm. on the other side like the cheating thing again I, I think it's such a small sample that it's not really going to be that helpful for that i mean i'm sure it'll come into play to some regard but for feeding down for feeders people that give up and just ruin the game this is going to be pretty big i think it's really yeah. good very nice okay next topic of discussion is something you put in yourself so for those that don't know we have an outline every week uh and i do everything but when cinderin puts in his own topic it is a special special time in our lives and i'm just gonna let him take it from here you know do you do you, hate you wrote in our outline. i've been thinking to myself if you if you feel like i'm letting you down did you write no, the I, outline? well i i don't have any expectations so you can't let me down you see nice that's that's how I that's how that's how I do. <laughs> I just I'm a take it away, Cinderin. Okay, by all means. So before you give me credit, this was of course not my idea. Um, of course, yeah. I saw it in chat before the podcast, and I was like, "That's actually a good topic." So supposedly next week is New Bloom, which is always a big deal in Dota, right? We've had like the Year Beast events, we've had special events, especially in the Chinese client with cosmetics and all this stuff. So it was. I think it's a good time to return to just talking about if we think the next hero 
will come out for New Bloom, and if we do, which one we think it's going to be. Okay, when you say so next we were... week is New Bloom, what does that mean? Because you're talking about the Chinese New Year is coming? Yeah. Okay, so I, I had to Google, but Chinese New Year is February 12th, so whatever that means for what they're going to come out with. Keep in mind that they That's still have yet Friday to come out with, with team bundles, which they probably will like the day after this episode or the day of. Uh, go ahead. What are you yeah, expecting? So... We were obviously both completely wrong about Hoodwink. Oh, well, we weren't wrong that there could be the crossbow hero, but we thought it was going to be a totally different style of Aghanim. Like that it would be Freya or whatever. You think the next hero is still going to be Aghanim? No, I have no idea. Or is I mean, it wishful thinking? Wait, hold on. So the, the archer that we... Uh, Valkyrie. How do we know that's not Hoodwink? Is that confirmed that they're not the same? I mean, is I that guess speculation? Not. They could be the same. She has nothing to do with being a Valkyrie at all, but no. code names don't necessarily mean anything, right? Right. But anyway, yeah, what I don't know what to expect. I've given up on Aghanim, sadly. Uh, I guess they literally just made a complete 3D model that is a, a hero just for a game mode, which I'm shocked by. But past that, I have, I have really no idea. I mean, I know there's a lot of potential thing like puppet master the the slacks ult where you take over mind control um yeah. which would have to be very balanced to be in the game it cannot be broken <laughs> blinking into like the fountain or some shit i don't know or teeping to the fountain I'm sure you can't use items maybe but yeah, i don't know should be what fun about though. so so freya or valkyrie or whatever speculate i personally think all of the, like the heroes that were teased or hoped for or found in the files that have something to do with um uh, with Norse norse mythology i think they're still saved for ti so yeah they were planning on releasing it i think they're gonna they're hoping that okay we will be able to host ti in august this year so we're gonna save the nordic themed heroes for that which i'm assuming is two I, I can't remember why I think it's two, but I think well, there were like two it's in usually, the files. Or, it's usually or two for TI anyway, but they're both they're not both necessarily Norse-related. Mm -hmm. One of them, for sure. So what, what other clues do we have then, apart from Aghanim? Like, what else could it be, the next hero? Vanessa, I'm just wondering. Vanessa? Vanessa. Oh, it could be, right. It could be one of the artifact heroes. So Vanessa was in a, some comics. some speculation we get Sorla Khan, right? Well, no, that was just me wishing to God we get Sorla Khan. But uh, I believe one of the most recent comics had Vanessa, or at least a reference to Vanessa in it. And she's been in comics right. before. So Vanessa is a hero. Artwork, right? Yeah, they finished her artwork for Artifact. I'm trying to remember exactly what she does because her skills are weird. Her ability is, or her signature card is basically you steal a card from somebody else and you discard it for them and you replace it with a 1-1 feeble garbage unit. So that's her signature card, which I don't know how that would translate to Dota. And then her ability, like items basically are better on her, but that's probably not going to be related to Dota. And then the active makes your hand cheaper. Like it lowers the mana cost of two cards in your hand, which okay. I don't know how that would translate either to Dota. It's, Mm -hmm. When I saw the signature card where you steal somebody's card, that, that sounds like mind control, right? And I believe her lore is kind of like a... She's, I believe she's a human. At least she looks human to me. And she's kind of so like a tinkerer. She could be puppet master. Is what right. So she could be the puppet master hero that we're hearing about. Who knows, though? Hmm. Um, That's our best guess for next hero, then. But they did say a second hero would come out... I don't remember the... I thought they said Didn't January. They say February. Okay, so if it was February, then yeah, that, that would align with Chinese New Year. So if that's the case, next week? Could be next I'm week. Excited. Probably not next episode, but probably the episode after the next one, we will hopefully have a new hero to talk about. So what do you episodes. think about changing the day of the episode? Generally. if in, Just weekly. in general. Yeah. So I've been, not to talk about this live, but I'm not saying we do it, but there are some, like it feels like, the longer we've done this podcast, the less happens on Mondays now. Am I crazy? <laughs> Nothing happens on Monday ever. Every time an update comes out, it's right after the podcast. It's really annoying. Like uh, somebody at Valve is really. How about to fuck we keep us. them guessing? They never know what day it comes out, so they can't fuck us with when they drop yeah, the content. That'll be helpful to our audience. Okay, 
Next uh, topic. I'm down for that. I'm really down to move it to another day, especially if we do it later in the day, like even half an hour. Shen. Oof. Would that not be good to get that extra half hour? So you want me to one. stay up even longer? It you're is making three it sound in the like morning. You're staying up for the podcast. You're up anyway, man. It's like right 2 a.m. for you right now. You go to bed at like 6 every day. I have this to wake nothing. up at the crack of noon to panel NADPC, Cinderin. The crack of noon. It's, it's difficult. I mean, it was so difficult. <laughs> Jenkins didn't even show up for the first best of three. He was so tired. <laughs> he woke up at literally 6 p.m. and ended up paneling. Okay. Shout out to Jenkins. Uh, DP, speaking of Jenkins, uh, the DPC... Uh, we talked a little bit about this, uh, what we want to do every week, and I think it's best we just keep it pretty light. Uh, we talk about yep. any potential highlights that we ourselves witnessed and just the general standings for each region, which should take just a few minutes. Yep. So, so for Europe, I, mean, I think we just talk about top four. Uh, in order, Secret, yep. Enigma, Liquid, and OG right now in the top four, and then the bottom two, which is important to always mention, Viking and High Coast Esports. Who's on that team? High Coast oh, is... Oh, Era's team. Um, okay. Yeah, it's the XNIP. Okay, cool. So, um, I think this week the biggest, like the most important game or what could turn out to be the most important game was that Alliance 2-0'd OG because, like, based on the trajectory so far, I think Secret will probably make it far. Even, even getting first place matters a lot in this format, right? It's not just about qualifying. Getting first place is actually really important because you go straight to major playoffs. Mm. And second place go to major group stage, and third and fourth go to wild card. So you really want to get top two. And based on how Secret's been playing so far, they're on good track to maybe get that first place spot. But this... There's so much that can happen with seven games. And they've the teams that have played the most have played three. So lots to come still. Um, but yeah, yep. OG losing 2 0 to Alliance, pretty important match. The rest was probably when largely as expected. I don't think there were any other surprises this week. Pretty straightforward for Europe. Yep, agreed. And then a few regions that I personally haven't gotten to watch at all since I'm doing NA uh, China. Top four right now are Vici, Team Aster, IG, and PSG LGD. And the bottom two, which will... Wait, what is what is the term when you go... What is relegation? Is that for going down only, or is that for both, going up and down? Uh, good question. Anyway, I think it's both ways. You get relegated and, to Division 2. Okay, so 7th and 8th right down. now are LBZS and Team Magma, who don't really have... Anybody I've heard. Oh, Zhao Fu I've heard of. I think relegation is going down, right? Chad is saying it's relegation is down. is down and promotion is up. Relegation okay. to me sounded like down only. So relegation but, yeah, is just cool. the antonym of promotion. I didn't actually know that. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, SCA, upper division. We have top four of Neon Esports, Fnatic, Execration, and Boom. And then bottom two right Boom. now are 496 Gaming and Vice Esports. And then we go okay. to CIS. I'll SCA do NA last since I actually have something to talk about. Yeah. Just so CIS, Navi, VP, Live to Win, and Team Empire. And the bottom two right now are no techies, which we talked about last week being Solo's team and then Team Unique on the bottom right now. Yep. So Navi still lossless. We highlighted them last episode. They were 4 0. Now they're 6 1 in games. So 3 0 in series. Uh, they dropped the game to Extremum. But they still won the series, so Navi is still looking great. And then for South America, we have Beast Coast, who are currently 3-0 and in series and 6-0 and in the actual games themselves. So they're on top. Beast Coast, Thunder Predator, Infamous, and Latam Defenders. And bottom two are Ego Boys and No Ping Esports. And then on to NA, which I've watched every upper division game. Uh, top two, which... so. NA is top two go to the major, essentially, one of which is the qualifier of the major. Bottom two get relegated, and then everybody in the middle, they, nothing happens to them. They just stay for next uh, season. So EG, as no surprise, is on top right now. Quincy Crew right behind them at number two, followed by Undying and Sad Boys, which is PPD's team. And then bottom two, which it's pretty clear who the bottom two teams are based on what I've seen so far, which is 5-man minus and A team. So they will probably get relegated. Uh, Those two terms teams came of, in from opens, right? 
yeah, those two teams did come from opens, so it's not a huge surprise. Um, but in terms of what I've seen, EG kind of, they look okay. At times, they look really good. They just doesn't feel like they've played enough together. They've only played three matches overall. Uh, Quincy yeah. Crew has been destroying everybody. So the big match is going to be Quincy Crew versus EG, and that's when we'll really know where this uh, region is at. And I don't, I'm don't. i looking at the schedule to see when they actually play against each other, and I don't actually see it on Liquipedia. So. Yeah, Quincy versus Four Sumas was one of the games that was important for who could get top two, right? Yeah. That's what we talked about. It's The expectation is that two of those three teams will take top two, right? So EG, Quincy, and Four Zoomers. And yeah, Quincy four Zoomers. Four Zoomers pretty convincingly 2-0, right? So. Yeah, they got, they got mega stomped. So for a team like Four Zoomers to actually make it to top two, it requires one of the other teams to actually lose in addition to them just winning every single game. Uh, from here on out, uh, which you know, oh, it's lost possible. Two series. Shit, they I lost. They only lost one. They lost to EG and Quincy. They've oh, they actually lost had to EG. The, okay. They've had right. the hardest schedule by far. Uh, yeah. Two of their three matches are against the top two teams. But I mean, teams like Undying. Undying is like kind of surprising, quote unquote surprising. I don't know. Tomato with uh, Moon Meander and Dubu Saberlight in this lineup. Brile. Mm -hmm. They've looked really good, so they could be in they contention could also for top take two a as top well. Two, actually, they could. They've had a really easy schedule so far. Uh, yeah. So it, it's kind of one of those things where even though the, the schedule, like in terms of the amount of games that you play each week is not that many, it, I can see pros and cons. I want to ask you what you think, like as a pro player, <coughs> the perspective of what you would feel in this situation. Because would you want your schedule to start out, start out uh, easy to let you ramp things up, but then give more information to the higher-end teams to see what drafts you have? Or do you like playing them right away to try to like surprise them potentially with like a pocket strat or cheese strat or something like that? If you don't I feel like you're on the same level. It depends on what form you go in with. If you go in really confident and in really good form, I think you want to play the best teams as soon as possible. If you're like really good, you want to use your momentum to win the big games. Because, you know, in these in meta shifts and just tournaments in general things change over weeks there's new stuff that gets discovered and gets played instead some heroes get found you find more counters so you come in with some really strong strategies that you want to run you want to play them into the big boys right away mm -hmm. if you're coming in however and you're like ah, oh, we're not really hitting our stride we're going to do our best then it's great to have some easier warm-up games and maybe you find your stride mid-tournament and then suddenly you can beat the the big teams in the end so yeah and i, I think, think it's just it really depends what form you're in for this tournament, I feel like playing EG later is only going to hurt you. Uh, because Probably because they, they were, can warm up more. Yeah. Right, because they were a little shaky in their first two matches, uh, but now they're looking a little bit better. So yeah. you know, only time will tell. But yeah, I mean, I hate to say it, but this region, I thought it was going to be a little... I mean, again, we won't know for sure until some like Quincy Crew plays uh, EG, but I thought there would be a little bit more uh, competition between some of these teams. I thought it would be closer. Like I was really surprised that four zoomers got mega stomped by Quincy Crew. I thought mm -hmm. it'd be a two one at the very least. But anyway. Yeah. Next topic of discussion, which I just put in because it's hilarious. Uh EG, today we say goodbye to Ramses. We want to thank Roman <laughs> for his time and contributions as a member of our EG Dota 2 roster. So I'm guessing his contract ended today yeah. he's been playing for other teams for months now what yeah. the fuck did he That's get signed random. did he did he just sign a one-year contract did he get signed february 1st 2020 or Ooh, is that too far question. back when did he join eg hang on i'm sure we can look this up ramses i mean it would be weird for it to be less than a year no, contract he, jo he joined eg on November sixth. So super. So it's almost so three months. Two and a half month trial contract, or maybe yeah, they had yeah. a longer contract and they just found some agreement where he could get released somehow. Oh, does that mean maybe he finally got bought out? Wait, hang on. Am I looking at this right? They're saying twenty nineteen in chat. Is that actually true? November of twenty nineteen. I'm Has seeing it actually two, been that long? Dude, this can't possibly be right, right? Wait, so it says... Okay, I'm looking at it again. So here it says he joined EG September 16th, 2019. 
until November 6th, 2020. So that's a year and two months. And then he was benched after that. Was he in EG for over a year? That's actually crazy. I feel like I saw almost no matches with him. I mean, they basically took a six-month sabbatical. But yeah, he that's... joined 2019. Dude, really? It's been a year and a half since he joined EG. It feels so recent to me. We're just when you get old, the but days yeah, go true. faster. Dude, it's true because he joined after TI, right? There were the talks at TI about what's going to happen next with the VP players, and he joined EG. Yeah, so it was a one. So he was effectively part of the roster for 14 months, but they played almost nothing, and then he was inactive, and then he got released. So it's like a year and a half almost contract. Wow. All right. So why would? Damn. All right, I'm not even going to speculate. Maybe he got bought out finally, but if he got bought out, why would he be allowed to play on other teams? I, I don't know. It's weird. Okay, next thing is also EG related. I'm just going to read a tweet from our friend Slasher, who tweeted, Evil Geniuses are now one of the first major gaming organizations ever to sign a mixed gender men's and women's pro team competing as EG's main Valorant squad. EG Valorant is captioned, captained by Potter, seven-time women's Counter-Strike world champion. A great sign for the future of esports. What do you think about this? This is very interesting. Um, like about this as a concept? Great, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I'm always super happy to have more inclusiveness. And I think a lot of the time, the reason we've had gender-separated um, tournaments in esports in general is that the average skill has just been so different between male and female players so that and not only the skill but also we've i think we talked about this on episode way 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 back like team dynamics when you have a girl in a team of guys or like there's just a lot of opportunity for issues and problems so you maybe steer away from it and women in general have a really hard time breaking through because of, you know, abuse and everything in online communities in gaming. Um, so for a team to do this, I think is super good because if this is successful, it sets a huge precedent for what we can do going forward. So I'm super happy to see it. The thing I can't comment on is how good these players are. I genuinely don't know. You know more about Counter-Strike than I do. <clears throat> how good is Potter compared to the male players that were well, big in CS? Like, can this team... Can this team be a championship team or is it more of a statement? I, well, I, I don't know how good the players are. I've I just heard of her, if that helps. Separately, right? I, I don't really follow Counter-Strike that much, but I've heard of her. So that, that's one thing. But, right, me too. Uh, me too. I mean, at the end of the day, I think as time goes on, like if we just fast forward 20 years, this is going to be super normal. I think most people mm -hmm. would agree with that. This is going to be super normal. I think so. Right now, I think... <clears throat> This kind of opens the door a little bit. Like the door has been open a little bit. It's just getting more ajar, more and more open as time goes on. Uh, this team, I mean, most new teams fail. So just looking right. at the odds, just in general, it's probably going down that road. But who knows? It has nothing to do with the gender roles necessarily. Mm -hmm. uh, but the thing that I'm worried about is if they do start off poorly or they end up not working out, that you know the focus is on the gender thing rather than just the skill thing. Yes. So either way, I think it's good the thing see. when something like this happens is it's bound to be a story no matter what, right? Yeah. And you just hope that you get the positive story for the sake of what that could mean for the future, but it's kind of a gamble. And like let's let's imagine the worst case scenario. Let's imagine this team, they get announced, it's hype, they start playing and things go really badly. And not only do they do go badly, but the like for example let's say potter has poor performance or their strategies are bad how does that make it's just a lot of pressure right like how does that oh, yeah. make the women look a lot of pressure. right so there's so much potential for making a big change here but it can also just really because you know what the community is going to be like if, if that like there's always there's going to obviously be a lot of people that just treat them as any other player but there's also going to be part of the community that doesn't and that means it will be a story. The fact that we're talking about it like this, right, already shows. Yeah, that true. This is this I is mean, a thing. One and thing. We just hope that it gets treated properly. One thing I will say, and I know this is just a small sample size because it's just my experience alone, but versus my time in Dota, Counter Strike, Valorant, Valorant, I have never experienced like 
I'm not saying there's not harassment towards women, but mm -hmm. from my experience, it's, it feels more accepting for most people. Like there's That's more good. women playing the game in general for sure versus yep. these other two. So uh, that alone will help, I think. So, yeah. I think that's something that's something Riot did a really good job with in League of Legends. Um, I think part of it might be representation and the way that they've done in the community with highlighting. Marketing, maybe. Just, you think marketing just, has anything to do with that, Sindarin? Hmm. Could be. Hmm. They've definitely been marketing a lot more wow. around women than the other games have, like Counter-Strike and Dota. Dota hasn't marketed around anything. Dota has marketed really? around invisibility. Um, I've heard there was a billboard once in a Japanese <laughs> subway. What are you talking about? <laughs> no. They've definitely Ooh, marketed. So obviously to absolutely nobody's surprise, if you market around inclusive, like inclusiveness and you market around women, women are more likely to play your game. What a shocker. And if people play League and therefore are connected with the Riot games, then when Riot releases a shooter, you are more likely to play that. So, yeah, I can't say I'm surprised, and I think it's super good. I think it's a really good move in general, because think of it this way. Gaming has been getting just way, way, way more commonplace. Like, you know, the stereotype 15 or 20 years ago that it was guys sitting in their basement, blah, blah, blah. I don't need to explain that. But, like, just over time, especially something like Facebook kind of became a gateway for way more casual games to hit way more people. And I think over the last, like decade there's way more people in general just playing games of both genders but i think that the average growth among women has to be way bigger than among men there's just way more women playing games mm -hmm. so if you tap into that market and try to actually market to them i think it's like a super untapped potential still to really try to get women to play your game um it has to be yep agreed i'm really happy to see riot do that so we wish them luck. Yes. Uh, next topic. I is really gonna... hope they do well. I really hope they do well. Yeah, and I hope if they don't do poorly, it doesn't come crashing down to some sort of fucking scandal. Just let them play like any other team. Agreed. Yeah. Next topic is going to sound like an advertisement now that I'm kind of putting it together in my head. But uh, have you ever used Plex, Cinderin? Nope. Never heard of it. Even. So really? Okay. Mm -hmm. I... I, I live off of Plex. I have a Plex server to where I can put, you know, movies and TV shows and stuff onto this server in my house and I can share it. Is that an American thing or? Uh, what, You're making what it does sound that like mean? it's a given that you should just know this. I have no. never heard of it. No, 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 no. I'm not saying it's a given. That's why I asked if you knew what it was. Okay. Anyway, I can have this media that I can share with friends and family, right? Which I have that I share with Nikki and my mom and my brother. That's basically okay. it. And they're not in the state or whatever, but uh, I bought a lifetime pass for it a while back, which I can't remember how much that was. It was like a hundred. It was like really cheap, like a hundred bucks or something. Basically, I don't oh, have to pay wow. monthly for it. So it's really nice. Mm -hmm. uh, and they came out with this new feature, which I don't know if I'm actually going to get, but I just want to talk about it because it sounds fucking awesome. So mm -hmm. it's called Plex TV Arcade. So essentially, if you're a Plex pass holder, which you don't have to be, but Plex pass holder, get it for three bucks a month. Without one, you get it for five bucks a month. You can play what they have is dozens of Atari games. You can put them. Uh, I don't know if you have to actually put those on your server. If they just come with it. I think they just come with it. But you can also, which is the bigger deal, because yeah, there's some cool games there for sure. You can add your own game ROMs and emulators to the server, so you can just play pretty much any game, console game from the past, on your TV, on your phone, whatever. This is. One of the coolest things that I've seen a company come out with in a long time. And again, it's not like the it's three bucks a month is whatever. That's like less than a cup of coffee for God's sake. And it's a month. But how often would I actually play this? I don't know. But it's very cool. Um, I'm just trying to think about the whole ROM thing, if they could get in trouble for that. So it's one of those. So again, like let's talk about torrenting, right? Torrenting is technically mm -hmm. illegal, but... The reason that these sites sometimes don't get shut down is because they're only sharing links, right? They don't actually host any of these actual illegal Well, torrenting things. isn't illegal. Well, sorry, the torrenting torrent sites... Is... Uh, what I meant to say is obviously piracy is illegal and the torrent sites right. don't get taken down as easily because there's this gray area, right? Yeah. And then for Plex, there's a lot of torrenters out there that have their own stuff. And 
like how are you going to shut down Plex for that when it, these people are hosting this quote unquote illegal stuff on their own hardware, right? Does that make right. sense? So it, it's yeah, kind of like mean, the same gray area as the, the peer-to-peer stuff. The thing that's a little bit tricky about it is that you share, right? Like you said, or is this Plex Arcade only for you? So if you have Plex and you share it with, what was it, Nikki and your brother or whatever it was, mm-hmm. and then you have a ROM that you put into your Plex, do the others also have it? Because at that point, you're sharing a ROM. It's not just you playing your own ROM locally. Does that make sense? Right. I think legally there's a difference there. I think so. Just think of it in easier terms, right? You have an, a movie that you've downloaded illegally, let's say, mm-hmm. and you're sharing it to the same people. It's the same concept, right? Right. So I actually don't know the answer to this question. Is that even technically illegal if you're not selling it? I don't know. Like if you own the Blu-ray, you can uh, you can burn it or whatever, and then save it on your computer as like part of the Plex server. And I believe you yeah. can share that without it being illegal, unless you cost money, unless it. You charge money to watch it or some shit like that. I can't remember yeah. the exact... So then it becomes like this definition of, is that the same as you just inviting your friends over to watch the movie together? Yeah, not? it's the same concept right. as Steam Link. So Steam yeah. Link, if you have like one of these games that sh- uh, is compatible with it, I can invite you to play with me despite us being remote. Right. So theoretically, it's kind of the same. You're not hosting the game on your server necessarily. It's actually the Valve servers, right? Mm-hmm. So, this sounds cool, uh, though. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. cool. So, recommend people check that out. And then the Sponsor final the podcast, Plex. We like yes. your service. Plex, we, we love like the you. Stock. I love Plex. It's one of the best purchases I've ever had. Okay, last topic of discussion. Left it for last here, Cinderin. Um, this whole GameStop <laughs> stock market thing. So, yeah, I want to preface this. I'm going to let Cinderin kind of take over. I know very little about this stuff. I'm not pretending to know anything about this stuff. I am what you would call a very uneducated uh, user in this case, to the point where I looked up like dumb guides on what any of this stuff meant, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, So why don't you give us the rundown of what has happened, and then I can read like this dumb guide thing that will help other dumb people like me figure it out. I guess within the lingo that's used right now in the... You're probably a monkey within there, but you haven't oh, from, bought stock, right? I have not bought stock. Well, we haven't talked or about a, the lingo in this apes, tweet yet. Apes together strong, you know? So everybody. <laughs> this means nothing without... <laughs> God, I hate you. Okay. So anyway. Just the rundown. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'll try... Chat can correct me if I say anything wrong. So basically what's going on is that you can do something currently, which is speculated that maybe you can't do in the future, called shorting of stocks. So if you're on the stock market... And there is, let's just say games, GameStop uh, stock. You can be like, hmm, I think GameStop stock will drop in the future. So there's obviously two ways you can try to make that happen. You can, you can sell any shares you have and wait and hope that they drop a lot. And then you can buy them and then hope they rise again. Or you can do what's called shorting, where you borrow someone else's stock at the current price. You then sell it to try to influence a downward trend because when you're selling them cheaper, then the market will see, oh, the stock is going down. And then as more people sell them, you buy a stock back and give it to the person you borrowed from. So to make it more simple, let's say I borrowed one for $10. I borrowed a stock from you for $10. I sell it for 10 immediately. Now the stock price drops to $5. I buy it for five and give it back to you. That means I just made $5, right? Right. You get the idea? No, I, I understand the basic. Con- yeah. My, my okay. only question with, and you can continue on mm-hmm. after this if you want. I, and again, I'm, I want to say it again. Mm-hmm. I'm very stupid when it comes to this kind of stuff. I don't invest in anything other than the house that I bought because I'm, I'm just too afraid. It feels like gambling. But mm-hmm. why is that? Why is shorting not illegal? Like, why is that even allowed? That sounds so yeah. counterintuitive to the whole system. Yes, that is. That is how I think about it, too. I'm really surprised. Kind of, well, I don't know if I'm surprised. I, I feel like it should probably just be removed as a, as a concept. But since it is there, basically, it might sound like, wow, this is just amazing. You just borrow someone's stock, you sell it right away, and then if it drops, you give it back to them. The problem is obviously the other way around that, well, what if it goes up? So when you short someone, you borrow their stock, but you don't borrow it indefinitely. They need to be paid back, right? If I borrow... 
$100 from you, I can't just say, you know what, Shannon, you're getting your $100 back someday. And then I just wait forever until I die and I never paid you back. And that's fine, right? It's not. So when you borrow someone's stock, you have to pay them back. And that means you're basically risking versus the field. So you think, okay, the stock is going to drop. That's good for me because then I make money. But if the stock goes up, you have to pay the stock back. And that means you obviously need to buy it at the price it is when your lease expires. Think of it as like you lend money in the bank and they want their money back eventually. So there's an interest, right? Mm -hmm. um, so what's happening here with GameStop is that it was somehow discovered that there was a hedge fund in the US, a really big hedge fund worth billions of dollars that had shorted more than the total amount of stocks available. They had shorted like 140%. Because they were really sure that GameStop was going to drop. And once people found out about that, they were like, wait, these guys have to pay back these stocks at some point that they've shorted. So what if we all just buy all the stock and then hold it? And then we can sell it to them at whatever, theoretically, whatever price we want. Right. And they have to buy them. Right. Because there's that's a time the, limit, right? The there's, is it like 30 or 35 days or something like that? They have it's to the pay timing. back. I don't know what the exact timing is. I don't know who knows. And I don't know if people know exactly so then it becomes this speculative game of, okay, who has access to the information about when these expire? How is it going to be traded in the intermediary time between now and that time? Because some people might get like cold feet or get worried or be like, is this happening? And now there's all this speculation with, okay, this hedge fund that's losing billions of dollars, are they starting to do market manipulation where, oh, fuck, we got caught shorting 140% of the stock. So now we're going to get whatever stock we can and try to try to sell it to make it appear like this fad is over so other people sell out their stocks at lower prices and we can get them cheaper than what we might end up paying in the end. Right. It's like this, so it's like a meta was, game basically. This was all started and I don't know how updated I am on this but this was all started from the subreddit Wall Street Bets. Yeah. And as a result of what has happened, obviously a lot of billionaires are very upset and they're trying to poke or not poke but so they're trying to shut honestly, everything though. down. So the subreddit was banned, and I actually don't know if it's backed up or not, but it was banned. And then actually private the Discord server was shut down as well, so a lot of people were up in arms about that. And then apparently they were, by Discord, they were allowed to restart a server as long as they didn't uh, go against terms of service, which I don't think there's been any discussion of what they were actually doing that was against terms of service. But apparently, according to Discord, they had warned them week after week after week. And then after this whole thing blew up, they just happened to go through that last straw or whatever. And then they ended up getting banned. So, but a lot of these companies are backed by the same people that are involved in the hedge fund. So it's not like, it's not rocket science to figure out what's going on. Right. But no. obviously the public are becoming aware, like idiots like me, I'm an ape in this scenario. <laughs> the fact that I am aware of something that I don't generally give a shit about, but obviously I'm going to be on the side of the public and not these greedy billionaires, right? The thing so that can only hurt them. The thing that most people are like, what really causes the outrage is the seeming hypocrisy of we are allowed to speculate like crazy against the stock by shorting it a lot. But you guys are not allowed to counter speculate against us by being like, wait a minute, you guys are gaming the system. We're just going to buy stock and make you buy it. So it's this idea that the billionaire shorting are in the right and the community that discovers these people making a mistake. Like, think of it this way. It's just a mistake. Like, it's a, it feels like a really bad move to short this hard. It's a huge risk. You need to, if you if you short that much, you need to be pretty damn sure that the stock is going to drop or you need to be, that's the problem. You need to be able to make it do that. So think of it like this. What usually affects stocks rates is the perception of how much it's worth, which is mostly shaped either by public opinion or by how much money they make, right? If a, if a company has a really good year, their stock will generally go up because it looks like the company is doing well. Um, but if the p same people that short the stock are also the ones that have the ability to influence what is said on the news or what the public perception is, they can short the stock and then be like, hey, guys, GameStop is dying. And people are like, fuck, GameStop is dying. Better sell my stock. And there you go. You pocketed the difference. That is why shorting is so... It's just, it's just shit, right? Like, you can basically... These people that have so much money can determine the future and the success of companies simply by 
wanting to make more money and influencing opinion in a direction. And that's kind of what a lot of people are just rebelling against here. There's loads of people that are buying stock in this, not necessarily really to make a lot of money, but just to fuck that idea and take a stand, you know? That's what they're doing. Right. I think it's the general so, idea of just corruption in general, which yes. I think like, especially in the last couple of years in the U.S. is becoming more of a forefront in like the general public's mind. And this is just another example of, you know, a different segment entirely, but they're all kind of connected, right? It's same, technically, it's the same rich people doing everything in the country, uh, the yeah. top 1% or whatever. And so, obviously, whenever the middle class or the lower class gets a chance to stick it to the billionaires, oh yeah, they're going to unite over that. It's kind of It's kind of like a class war, right? on a small scale this one and we can like i hope the end game for this is that it gets more regulations or that you know every topic like this that gets blown up in the media where blatant like massive uh massively bad distribution of wealth just inequality gets blown up is is good news to me because yeah i still think it's way too extreme the inequality in the world in general Good on them. Couldn't agree more, Cinderman. Okay, and with that, let's go over. This is going to be the shortest episode coming up, Cinderman. We got a Patreon mailbag question from the Mega Pope. Uh, let's see. Knowing Suns fan is a big In Bruges fan. How do you feel about the early Guy Ritchie movies, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, and Snatch? I personally feel like In Bruges has a similar feel, except for the frantic pace that these two movies have. What are the thoughts of Suns fan and Cinderin, who I am sure has not seen any of the above <laughs> movies? Uh, thank you for the question, the Mega Pope. Uh, let's just get this out of the way. I'm guessing you have not seen any of those. Correct. Okay, so for me, I'm trying to remember the difference between the two because they they were so similar, right? They're very similar movies. So I like them all both. three movies, basically. Yes. Um, okay. I think I liked Snatch more than Lockstock. I'm pretty sure. If I'm not mistaken, Lockstock had a sequel, maybe. Where but anyway, Snatch from it, Snatch, I remember was the one that had Brad Pitt in it. But they're all like the same movies where they have these like really thick accents. Uh, you definitely need subtitles for those. Uh, but it does have the same feel as In Bruges. I agree, and I thought they were quite good. Uh, In Bruges for me is on a different tier. And if you like those movies, I don't know if you caught this episode, my friend. But the je- oh shit, I gotta look this up. Is it called The Gentleman? Oh no. The gent. I'm literally googling this. You've talked about it before in the podcast. I think it was called the gentleman or something. Yeah, the gentleman is very similar as well, and I liked it a lot. It was one of the best movies I've seen for sure uh, the last few years. So we recommend. For what that. it's worth, I've heard about Snatch, but not the other one. I don't wow. know if it's the more popular one, or maybe Re- you've said it before. You you've might. heard of it? Oh my god! I can't believe it. Yeah, I've heard of a movie, Shannon. You know. You know it's, you know, it's before we good or bad. Before we end, what is your favorite movie of all time? Of the five that you've seen in your whole life? Pulp Fiction, I think, if I had to choose. Uh, I think we've had this discussion before. Yeah, we, I think we have. Pulp Fiction. I think at Fiction. one point you made it rate your top three movies ever or something, or give you a top uh, three, yeah, and I yeah, have yeah. that as number one, I think. It's many, so, many, many weeks ago. Of his movies, wait, what's that director's name again that made Pulp Fiction and all those other movies? Quentin, Quentin Tarantino. Tarantino. I think his best movie is uh, the Jamie Foxx one with Leonardo DiCaprio. What was that called? Where Jamie Foxx is a slave. Uh, Django. Django oh, Unchained. Django Unchained. Django Holy Unchained was really good too. Django so was good. good too. But Pulp Fiction like was also Pulp more, classic. I think. But Django was very good. Yeah, really good movies. Speaking yeah, of movies. I watched that one too, Shannon. Great. Speaking movies. of movies, have you seen In Bruges, Cinderin? Shannon. You sent me a message. You oh, sent me shit. a screenshot. You sent me a screenshot. I'm going to read this out. You sent me a screenshot of a YouTube comment, <laughs> and I think this deserves to be read. So okay. here it is. A YouTube comment from last week. This one is from XL Nemo. All right. I'll put on. Shout out to you, XL Nemo. You're on my side. Thank you. I can't believe Send still hasn't watched In Bruges. That's like the headline. I found it kind of funny the first couple of weeks the question was asked because it was something new and fun and it's fun when Sind and Sun mess with each other but it's gone on for so long that I find it genuinely annoying now it doesn't hold the same weight anymore it's been over a year there's not even an illusion that he might have watched it at this point it just turned into this pointless meaningless thing that just gets tacked on to the end of every episode now I think that happened like a year ago to me 
Like, if you look at the NBA segment they do, I don't know anything or really give a shit about the NBA, but I still enjoy it because it's something Suns is passionate about, and it's funny to see Winston has some snarky comment about a team name or something like that. But most importantly, I still enjoy it because there's something new every week, and there's actual discussion about it. Or like, this week was NFL talk, and then it was cool to hear Sin as a Packers fan because I'm a cheesehead myself. That kind of shit I find really cool. There isn't that within Bruges. <laughs> Not only has it turned something that had the potential to be an interesting discussion about the movie or why Sons liked it, all for the benefit of the people that watch this, listen to the podcast into just a pointless tacked on question. But it seems like even now, over a year later, since still has this prideful connotation to him answering no each week. Shannon, I'm really proud of not watching it. You have to understand. <laughs> I just don't get it. Does Sind and other people still find this funny after all this time? No, not really. Like, damn, Sind, you really caught him again this week by not watching the movie he wanted to discuss over a year ago. I know comedy is subjective, and who knows? I'm probably in the minority, and most people do find it funny, but I still don't see where the comedy is in that. I remember probably about six months ago at this point, Sind said something about it to the effect of, you got to keep people on their toes. You never know if this is going to be the week. And it's like, dude, it's way fucking past that point now. <laughs> If Sind ever does finally watch In Bruges, there isn't going to be surprise joy for me like, yay, Sind finally watched it. It'll be relief like, thank fucking God that two-year-long ordeal is over and we can move past this now. And that's being optimistic that he'd watch it in another six months. I'll probably have grandchildren by the time he watches it, and I'm 26 with no kids. I still love the show, Sons and Sind. I've watched every episode since the start and will continue to watch. But for the love of God, Sind, just watch the damn movie or say you're never going to watch it. The whole stringing along for over a year baffles me. So, All right, Shannon. Have you seen I In read Bruges? This comment. I read this comment, right? I read this comment. And I think he's right. I think it's gone on for too long. So, okay. therefore, I have decided to tell you about my plan, which is I will watch the movie for episode 100. So now you don't have to 100. ask. You don't have to ask me every week. Wow. You don't have to ask. I will watch it for episode 100. And I planned that a long time ago that that was going to be a surprise because it can't be a surprise anymore because everybody hates it. Okay, okay hold on. on. Come, when did Sorry. you fucking decide 100 episodes is going to be the time? Was this episode 80? Was this episode 2? Like, what the fuck? Tell me the truth, Cinder. I need to know. Okay, Chad. So here's something you need to know. I have wanted to watch this movie for a very long time. And every week, Shannon says, don't watch it yet. People love this content. <laughs> you haven't watched it yet. So he's Lies. told me every week, don't watch this. Just stall it. Stall it some more. It, it gives clicks. We'll do it together with a clickbaity title. And he keeps saying every week, saying, please don't watch my favorite movie. I'm like, Shannon, I really want to watch this movie for you. I feel like I'm a bad friend if I don't watch it. He's like, no, Sin, don't, don't watch it. Don't watch it. But I've just had enough, Shannon. I've waited for so long. I'm and I really want to watch your movie. And that is why I will watch it for in 10 weeks. Because <laughs> I'm so excited. 10-week prep, guys. I can't wait. There's going to be a countdown. I'm actually going to type it in our outline. Every single week, the countdown to In Bruges. Thank you so much. And I'm expecting you to have not watched it, by the way. So you won't even let me down. I, if you I, will, watched I will have watched so. it for episode 100. If oh, I forget, great. I'm really sorry. And then I will watch it for episode 101. Thank you. But, That's very good. It's only 100 <laughs> weeks past that. <laughs> you know, you I'm could gonna, watch I'm it gonna, this week and then say you watched it then. Just so you don't cross any wires with your very busy schedule of literally just playing dota all day okay i will say this though i was considering if it would be funny if i watched it and just didn't tell you and then <laughs> in a year, i'm like i watched it a year ago by the way <laughs> i would I be pretty heartbroken i'm not gonna I was considering that I was considering that. Too. Uh, I promise you, I haven't done it. I haven't. What a horrible. That been fucking That's fun. true. It's it's on my Plex actually. So if you'd like to watch it at any point on my Plex, <laughs> by all means, Cinderin, I'll give you the login. Okay. Okay. Well, so I'll I'll say this though. There's a point being made in chat. Are you afraid that the movie won't live up to the hype you build over a hundred weeks? I'll be honest. To me, the hype about the movie hasn't changed. Suns fan thinks it's the best movie ever. He thought that a hundred weeks ago, and he thinks it now. So. For me, there's no difference in my expectations for the movie, but there's obviously expectations from the community now that either I'm going to fucking love it or I'm going to tear it to pieces because we've right. filled it up so long. So, I'll just be fair, okay? I'll be fair to it. Yeah, I'll treat thank it. You. I'll say what I think, and that's it. 
And I want you, I, I, I told you this before, but because it's been 90 episodes since this began, basically, I just want to remind you to watch it with subtitles, please. Very important. Okay? Um, the dialogue is uh, ultra important for the movie. I, I love dialogue-carried movies. That's why I like Pulp Fiction so much. I think the dialogue is hilarious. Subtitles. Thank you. Okay. okay. I mean, are they hard to understand or? Uh, it's not as, it's like, like Snatch is like you, you need subtitles to understand anything. But no, it's not okay. on that level, but it's maybe in the middle from like a normal movie. Like there's some Irish accents and, and whatnot, but not to spoil the movie after 90 episodes. But okay. Thanks uh, for, <laughs> you know, it's the sad thing, Sindarin, is I love, I'm going to put love this chat so much. They know me so well. They think I'm going to show up having watched it and then be like, it was all right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, you can't do that I now. I, I, part of me kind of hopes that that's what it's like. I, I apologize like all right. to all the YouTubers <laughs> uh, that rely on the timestamps. They will see that the weekly question of the In Bruges question of the week is going to be like a 10-minute segment. Like, oh, he finally watched it. Oh, oh, I apologize now. Dude. I apologize awesome. now. Like, yeah. wow. So, well, thank you for 100. watching. And now you don't need to ask anymore. Now you can start asking about Joker again if you want. Nah, no. it's lost its luster. I, I understand if you don't ask it. Anymore. I agree I'm with everything with that. that that guy said in the comment. By the way, shout out to you, buddy. We love you. Well, I do at least. Cindern, not so much. You agree with everything he said. Yeah, you're a piece of garbage. Okay, thanks for watching, everybody. Until next time, Suns fans, Cindern signing out. Goodbye. Piece of garbage signing out. Bye. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening.